launched the company uh, back a few years ago and in 2014. Now has 23 team members based there, mainly in Israel. Over 30 paying customers. They did over a million dollars in revenue last year with the goal to hit $10 million in ARR, hopefully by the end of this year. Less than 1% monthly churn. In fact, it's less than 5% annually, so super low there. And it's too early on the CAC stuff. Still, They're still working on figuring that out as they scale and grow with $5 million raised. This is episode 718. Coming up tomorrow morning, you'll learn from Stephen Goss. And the big question is, does question-based advertising build the future? Well, he sold 40 million bucks and sales don't lie. But first, here's today's episode. This is The Top, where I interview entrepreneurs who are number one or number two in their industry in terms of revenue or customer base. You'll learn how much revenue they're making, what their marketing funnel looks like, and how many customers they have. I'm now at $20,000 per talk. Five and six million. He is hell-bent on global domination. We just broke our 100,000 unit soul mark. And I'm your host, Nathan Latka. Hello, everyone. My guest today is Ran Korber. He is the CEO and founder of a company called Breezometer, and his ambition is to improve the health and quality of life for billions of people across the globe by providing accurate and actionable air quality data. Again, he's the co-founder of the company, and he's really truly the leading air quality analytic company and one of Israel's top 10 promising startups in 2015 with millions of daily users. We're going to jump into it all right now. Ran, are you ready to take us to the top? Yes, thank you, Nathan. What a great introduction. Did you like that? Am I hired? <laughs> you are hired, definitely. All right, give us a, give us an overview. What's the company do? And you mentioned, you know, the number of millions of users. We'll jump into that in a second. But how do you make money? Great, that's a great question. So, in a nutshell, we help companies that have IoT products to increase user engagement, to increase sales, and impact their users' daily routine. And we do that by providing highly accurate, real-time, location-based air quality data. Okay. Uh, we already helped our customers, leading companies like GE, Dyson, Cisco, Motorola, to increase their sales by more than $1 billion US dollar last year. To increase their uh, sales? Yes. How does, how does your product help them increase sales? That's, yeah. So I will, I will get into that. So... We make the invisible visible by providing highly accurate location-based air quality, which also include pollen data, which can be integrated into any device or technology, such as smart home uh, uh, apps, mobile apps, uh, and so forth. And for example, Dyson, the famous IoT company, which is famous for their vacuum cleaner, but they also have a humidifier and an air purifier, is using resometer air quality data and using our data, the Dyson air purifier turn on whenever the air quality outside is substandard. Okay. And the user also gets real-time notification on the Dyson Link mobile app, and he knows that somebody is protecting his health. And so, Rand, let me just let me summarize that for a second, just to make yeah. sure. So, you, Dyson is a customer; they pay you, and what they're paying you for is to is to basically tell their buyers of their vacuums that today there's a lot of pollen in the air. So, if they're vacuuming, they should turn on their thing that decreases the pollen count in their house. Yeah, so it's not for the vacuum cleaner; it's for their air purifier. Oh, air purifier. Uh, okay, Dyson, it is an air purifier. Uh, Yes, 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 exactly. And it's not only telling them, but the air purifier is an IoT device. 
So it's turned on automatically. And then, you know, the user has this clean effect. He knows that the product that is bought in his own money is doing his job. Mm-hmm. And then he shares it with his friends. And he tells that everyone. And then Dyson and other companies that have solution to protect ourselves and to protect our loved ones from the air pollution outside, uh, increase their sales, increase user engagement, increase user satisfaction. So how, again, how do you make money? Are you selling an application one time? Uh, Is it a recurring business? What, how do you make money? Yeah, so we provide license to our API that uh, have the, and we provide uh, air pollution data, real-time air pollution data, historical air quality data, pollen data as an API to okay. our customers, and they pay us on a recurring monthly basis. So you would consider this a SaaS business? Exactly. It's, you know, SaaS, it's, it's, a very, it's very close to SaaS, but actually it's DAS. Data is a service. Yep. Yep. Okay, good. So, so what is the average customer like Dyson paying you per month? Yeah, so all of our customers are enterprises, big corporates. I mentioned Cisco G. I can also mention L'Oreal, AccuWeather, big, big companies. And also they using are using our data in very big volumes. They have millions of users that use our data every hour. Uh, uh, but I cannot share the, the total pricing, but you can. Oh, no, no, Ren, don't that. don't give me the total pricing. I'm just looking for an average. I mean, are we talking ten thousand bucks per month, a hundred thousand per month, a thousand per month? On average, what are you seeing? Higher, higher than the the last number that you mentioned. Uh, higher than a million dollars per month. No, higher than than one thousand dollars per month. I I can say on. Um, you know, I just read a book by uh, Jason Lemmings, the, the founder of uh, Sastar. So he mentioned that, you know, the company goes from the impossible to inventable, and the impossible is $1 million in ARR, and the inventable is $10 million in ARR, and we are somewhere in between. Okay, got it. So right now, as of, what is it, uh, April, May 2017, you're doing somewhere between a million and $10 million in annual recurring revenue. Did, did you exactly. did you break a million last year in sales or will this yeah. year, will 27 okay got it will you break yeah. 10 million this year i hopefully, hopefully. you think so <laughs> yeah you know we are we are entrepreneurs we're always optimistic <laughs> yeah but yeah okay great all right let's get more into the backstory here so what year did you launch the company in so the story begins in 2012 before that i have to say that i'm an environmental engineer and this is also uh, also half of, of our R&D, our, our environmental engineers. This is what makes us unique. And in 2012, I was searching a house to buy for my family. And my wife has asthma, and she was pregnant with our first child. And as an environmental engineer, I knew how short-term exposure to air pollution can have severe health effects uh, to her and our child. Mm-hmm. And it's have the same severe health effects, almost like smoking. It's like uh, it's like smoking, and and even for a short-term exposure of only one hour uh, for, to air pollution, that can also uh, that might create an asthma attack and increase the risk for premature birth. So I thought to myself, how can I protect her? And you know, every one of us, at the end, we want to protect our, our families. So I I approached the Ministry of Environmental Protection in Israel. Uh, to ask them, you know, where is the cleanest place to live? 
And even them, they couldn't provide me with a real-time hyperlocal air quality data that I can use in order to make this decision. So together with my colleagues, Ziv Lautman and Emil Fischer, uh, Bruzometer co-founders, we decided to build this app to show you what you are reading so in real time. What year did you found the company in? Ah, in 2014. Okay, so 2014. And have you got uh, what's the team size today? So currently we are 23 employees. All based there in uh, in Israel. 21 in Israel and two in the US. Ah, very good. And then what is the? Did you guys decide to bootstrap this, or if you raise capital, and if so, how much? We currently raised more than five million US dollars in two rounds. Okay. And when was the last one? <clears throat> The last one was in July 2016. July, uh, three, okay. yeah. three million in July 2016. And was the one before that, the two million, was that a convertible note or something? Uh, no, it was uh, seed. seed it was seed. Okay, so you did your seed, two million. And then July of last year, about 12 months ago, uh, in July, again, 2016, you did a $3 million Series A uh, priced round. Yeah, pretty much. You know, okay. there are several convertible loans along the way, but yeah, yep. pretty much. Okay, and, and when you say convertible loans, what do you mean by that? You have like bridge rounds or, or describe to us how that worked. Ah, a conver uh, CLA is convertible loan agreement. Between rounds, sometimes you have an investor that is willing to invest with the right terms and it's a fit for the company in terms of the vision and prestige, uh, but you are not ready to do a round yet. Mm -hmm. uh, so he's joining in the middle. And how do you make sure that the terms you give that investor doesn't piss off all your other investors? <laughs> so again, you know, in a company, it's always a discussion. You speak with your investors. We are, we are very lucky that all of our investors are approachable. They share the same vision of the company, which is the, to improve the health of billions of people. And I can approach them and discuss them, and we make those decisions together. Got it. Now, let's fast forward to today. So uh, you mentioned some of your customers that are public, but how many total customers are working with you today? Um, so in terms of users, it's millions of users, but it comes from about 30 companies. Okay. Uh, and again, each one of them are enterprise. Got it. So about 30 companies like Dyson, you mentioned AccuWeather, and, and then obviously they have millions of users each, and that's how you get your million users number. Walk us through like how this actually works. So if someone listening right now wants to go see how this works with Dyson, what would they go do? Okay. So the, so the Dyson use case, as I mentioned, Dyson have an air purifier called Dyson Pure Cool Link. Okay, so my, yeah. my listener would have to go to wherever and buy that Dyson Air Pure Link, and then what? And actually, you know, they can also download Dyson Link app. Okay. And, and when they download it, they will see the outdoor air quality data. And the outdoor air quality data this uh, app provides is brisometer. But if you want to protect yourself, well, Ryan, real quick, do people actually see, though, your brand in there, or, or has AccuWeather and Dyson, they brand it as their own thing? <clears throat> so uh, every time a company uses our data, they provide uh, attribution to Bruzometer, powered by Bruzometer, and all the, on the About Us and similar. Yeah. Okay, got it. So you, they, they, you, you are building a brand. You're not kind of behind the scenes here. People know about Bruzometer. 
Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. All right. Good. And then, um, so you mentioned you mentioned you had a, about thirty customers, and you said that they are paying. It's a data as a service platform. So, are they paying yeah. per API call or per seat for the users they sign up, or what? What's the model? So it's a it's a combination of which features they use. Uh, for example, there are polling counts, a forecast, historical, and also how much, what is the volume of API calls. Okay. And where do you make more money based off people buying features or based off people paying for amount of data calls? Features, definitely features. Oh, really? I thought yeah. for sure you were going to say data, data calls. Um, interesting. So g- g- help me understand more like what that looks like. So like if, if I don't want the forecasting data, but I want the pollen data and I want it historically and kind of daily, how do you price that? So I can, I can, as I mentioned, I can disclose the pricing, but in one plan, you will have, uh, uh, in one plan, you will have the pollen uh, counts uh, without the forecast. In the next plan, you will have all the other features that you mentioned. Why do you keep? Why do you keep your pricing? I mean, most people put pricing on their website. Why do you keep yours? Why do you hold it so close to your vest? So, because we all of our customers are enterprises, and we fit according to their demand. And we so let me Ram, let me translate. Different... Let me translate that. Some people, it's a one-on-one negotiation. So if you think you can make more money from one customer for the same feature set, you're going to negotiate like hell and increase that versus somebody else, you might charge, you know, way less for the pollen count feature. Am I reading that right? No, because... Come on, he's smiling. (laughs) I nailed it. I'm always smiling. You can admit it. You can admit it. I get it. You want to make more money. That's a good thing. Yeah, by the way, you know, making more money is a great goal. Also, if it's, you know, if it helps you set your, you know fulfill your mission to prove people have it's even better but it's also because we're working with different industries so the the you know the features that an lpfr would want is different features than an advertisement company would like or us you know a, a real estate company would like got it so it's it's we fit those features we fit those price lists for different industries to provide them with the best value what does it cost you to to land a new customer what's your customer acquisition cost so again, it's enterprise sell. So it's you know many meetings. Uh, you need to make sure that there are many people... many what meetings, meeting many meetings. Oh, many meetings. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, what's the number? I mean, are we talking like uh, fifty grand to acquire the customer because it's three you know air travels and two in person meetings and or paid ad spend? What's the number? That's a great question. And you know the 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 one thing I learned, which is the best answer sometimes when especially when you're speaking with investors is I don't know, but we are checking it. So that's the same and so forth. This is well, something that- we But you can't, you can't raise those $3 million, Rand, without having a gut check of what it is. I'm not, I mean, this is, CAC is never written in stone. It's always changing. But when you look at your historical data, what has it cost you to acquire a customer? No, it's, it's, it's not definite enough, so I can give you a number. So you don't you, you don't know what you have to pay in order to acquire a new customer. You don't know how many inside sales reps you need on an account. You don't know how many in-person meetings. You, you don't know what it costs. Uh, we know how many. We know how much meetings, but we don't know how. We didn't calculate really the cost. Uh, you know, to provide like even like a number that like you mentioned. Okay, so uh, so when you go raise three million dollars in your Series A, uh, how do you know what you're going to raise? Yeah. Huh. 
when I raised it. Yeah. Yeah. When you raised it. So how do you, how do you know what, I mean, what are you going to use that money on if you don't know what it costs you to acquire a new customer? Uh, so we raised it. So we, we raised it in order to expand the team, which we did, which also helped us to increase our revenues. Uh, but we didn't have with this parameter, but you know, it's a great feedback. Well, yeah, so, so that's this is definitely something that we're working on. So how does the, I mean, maybe that's a better question. How does the team growth, which you just said, that's what you raised for correlate to revenue growth. In other words, do you have to hire one new salesperson to get two new customers per quarter or, or what's, what's the ratio? So it's, it's, it's very similar to most SaaS companies. Like uh, every sales rep give you between 500 to $1 million in annual revenue. Okay. And how and many sales? How many sales reps are you out of your team of 23 do you have? Uh, so currently we have four and also, of course, one of the founders also are helping with sales. So five total? Uh, yeah. Got it. And their goal, your goal for them as you ramp them up and teach them about the product lines and your customers is for each of them to you know, get to the point where they're bringing in 500 to a million in ARR per year. Is that right? Exactly. And it's interesting. It. Yeah. Very cool. What about churn? Have you had any customers sign up and then leave? And if so, why? Yeah. Wow. That's a, we have great questions, by the way. So yeah. So of course we had churn. It's uh, it's little. And What's, it's, it really but define that. What's little? I mean, are we talking five percent? Uh, yeah, less less than five percent per month or per year. Per year, per year. Okay, got and, it. And and the main reason was because some of the companies that we are working with have medical devices. And Brizometer provide really highly accurate, you know, air quality data. We publish the accuracy. We are the only company in the world, probably the, the, the only authority in the world that publish its accuracy on, on a very clear. You can download accuracy reports in our website. So there are several medical devices companies that use our data on their trials. And, you know, the trials were very successful. But as you know, medical devices, they have, a you know, it's a long cycle until the product is is being launched to, 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 to the general market. So it was only for the trials. Got it. Very good. Yeah. Well, before we wrap up here with the easy questions, I always save easy for the, the end, right? That's the way to do it with the famous five. I want to try, I, I still am curious about like what an average enterprise sale looks like. So I'm just going to do math and you can tell me if my math is wrong. So you mentioned you, you didn't, you broke a million obviously last year, which means you got to be doing over about 90 grand per month, right? And if I divide your 30 customers into 90 grand per month, I get that they have to at least at a minimum, they're probably paying way more because you said you're probably going to hit, you know, you'd love to hit 10 million this year, but they're probably paying way more, but at a minimum they're paying, you know, call it three grand per month. That's a coordination of both the feature set and the kind of data and API calls. Uh, is that generally correct for at least a minimum? Yeah. Okay, Top Tribe, I have to tell you, many people go, Nathan, you came out of nowhere, your website's growing so fast, how'd you do it? The answer is simple. So I use HostGator, I don't know if you guys know that, but I use HostGator, and the reason I do, they have like about 4,500 free templates I can use, because I don't code. They've got a great e-commerce plugin, and guys, I bug the heck out of their support. They've got 24-7 support, which I love. So what I've done is I've worked with them. You guys know I make great deals. If you go to hostgator.com forward slash Nathan, you can sign up, get your own domain for 30% off and a 45 day money back guarantee. Okay, again, I make great deals for you guys. Go to hostgator.com forward slash Nathan to grab that now. Perfect, awesome. Let's wrap up with the famous five. Number one, what's your favorite business book? 
פיטר טיל, דפנטלי, 0-1, you know, actually one of our, in, in one, you know, in every, for every new hire, the, in, I think the first slide you see about the company is this famous uh, quote that, you know, every company is around a secret and the, for every company is actually a conspiracy to change the world with this secret. I really like those quotes, and what he actually means is that you have a secret, and you know that, and your strategy is to make sure that other people know that, and in our case, the, the secret is that air pollution is something that can hurt your health, definitely, and the solution is very simple. If you know the air pollution around you, you can take informed decisions, such as turn on the air purifier and protect yourself. But Rand, how is that a secret? Everybody knows air pollution makes you sick. Yeah, so there are many secrets, actually. That's like, that. saying, Nathan, that's like saying, Nathan, I have a secret for you. The sky's blue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so, what, so the secrets around air pollution is like that. So everybody knows that it can hurt your health. Okay. Maybe many people know that it has immediate effect on your health, like I mentioned. You know, uh-huh. one hour of exposure to air pollution can increase the risk for asthma attack and, and, and you know, premature birth uh, for pregnant women. What people are not aware, and this is the main challenge of rhizometer, is that air pollution change more often than weather, and it is hyperlocal. So air pollution change between street to street. So, and because it changed a lot of the time, you know, by making informed decisions such as deciding where you should go outside, when is the right time you, you can be outside, you can actually protect your health and your family health another thing about air pollution is that Rand, this is a long po- ass secret <laughs> it's many secrets <laughs> there's many so what you're saying is you have like the generic thing but there are secrets embedded into the actual side effects if you understand them correctly and you want to exactly. solve that All exactly right. number two one word answer here is there a ceo you're following or studying right now uh definitely elon musk like uh the rest uh also the the ceo of ways i really like the, his blogs and you know I, we are part our uh, our investors entry capital launch launch digital have really amazing uh, companies entry you know also invested in snapchat so in the portfolio there are many ceos that i can learn you can learn from on a daily basis. Hey, Rand, number three, is there a favorite online tool you have, like HostGator? Um, we, use, we use Slack a lot, HubSpot. Uh, Great. Number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? So I have two young children. Three? Uh, two, two young okay. children. So I sleep two hours, then wake up, sleep another two hours, then wake up. So average per night, well. average per night, how many hours? Uh, average for a night, I think, be somewhere in six, but it, it's not uh, like... Off and straight. on, yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, you're, uh, so are you married or single? Married. Okay, married. so married with two kiddos, and how old are you? 34. All right, last question, Ryan. Take us back 14 years. What do you wish your 20-year-old self knew? Um, so about, actually, I, I think, you know, there, there is nothing that I could have known then, you know, 13 years ago that can help me more now, because actually the way to found Rosometer was very natural. It was 
Yeah, sorry. This this is hey, Rand. This isn't about like a regret you have or anything you would change. It's very simply you've learned over the past fourteen years. What's a lesson you would tell your your twenty year old self? So you know, I you know, most of the time you think about uh, you think about this question, and the answer is never give up. There is always great, but remember that I'm Israeli. When I was twenty, I was the commander of fifty people. So I knew those things, you know. I always joke around that we have that the team is amazing. We have, you know, 23 employees, but actually, you know, all, already when and this is unique for Israeli people, especially that you know were commanders in the army, you know. So we learned a lot in the age of 20. So of course, I would like like to to learn more about about startups and stuff. But yeah, I think there is nothing. You know, I tell him, you know, keep your good, keep going. You are doing well. Awesome. By the way, would I survive in the Israeli army? Would, would I would I win or would those guys beat the hell out of me and girls? Uh, you, you will definitely win, but it will be very hard. It will be very hard. <laughs> Why do you say I would definitely win? Uh, every, you know, eventually, this is the great thing about the Israeli army. You know, you, you were never born for that. And there are people that are skinny and, you know, and you don't think that they will be uh, soldiers or, you know, combat soldiers. But the way that the training goes and how people support each other, and this is exactly one of the, what is making Israeli, the Israeli, you know, startup nation that we know how to support each other. Uh, eventually you will, you become a soldier. I love that. And so, yeah, yeah, many of my many of my uh, many of my Israeli friends that have gone through the same path tell me the same thing because uh, because there's a real belief and there's a real feeling that really the world is against you at sometimes or in your history the world has been all against you so you have to come together no matter what your body shape intellect size drive and just make it work to, uh, make it work do you agree with that? What I agree is that you need to make sure that you have the abilities to protect yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Just like with air pollution. Yeah. <laughs> you need, you need to a, take control that is a, of your life. That, is, that was very <laughs> smooth, Rand. There you guys have it from Rand, the founder of Breezometer. He would have just kept going and kept on pursuing even at the age of 20. Again, launched the company uh, back a few years ago in 2014. Now has 23 team members based there, mainly in Israel. Over 30 paying customers. They did over a million dollars in revenue last year with the goal to hit $10 million in ARR, hopefully by the end of this year. Less than 1% monthly churn. In fact, it's less than 5% annually, so super low there. And it's too early on the CAC stuff. Still, They're still working on figuring that out as they scale and grow with $5 million raised. Rand, thank you for taking us to the top. Thank you. If you enjoyed Rand today, go back and listen to Amelia yesterday. And she breaks down why moving her team to Brazil was totally genius.